Welcome to the For Fox Sake podcast, by the fans, for the fans. With all the news, views and discussion from two lifelong Leicester City supporters. It's your show, so get in contact, make yourselves heard, what's your opinion? The only Leicester City podcast that's by the fans, for the fans. This is For Fox Sake. Hello and welcome to For Fox Sake. My name is Pete Selby. Alongside me is Rob Hayes. We're back. We're yes. back together. Back again in the studio in For Fox Sake HQ. None of this travelling around the world and not seeing Leicester and not really knowing what's going on, basically, and uh, asking for everyone to tell us the score and how they played. So, episode 48. Uh, this has been recorded after Leicester's second Champions League victory, a 1-0 home victory against Porto. We've got many games to cover today, so we're just going to rattle through them all, go through talking points. Um, I think the best place to start is the Porto game, really. Champions League football at the King Power Stadium. Oh, Would fun. you ever have believed it? Actually, actually, uh, you, you are wrong. What? What What was wrong with that sentence? Champions League football at the King Power Stadium? Yeah. Nothing? Yes. Go on. Uh, it's the Leicester City Stadium. Because they is got, that what they called it? Yeah, they've got, uh, they, they got rid of all the. You can tell you didn't see it. Um, you, they got rid of all the um, all the King Power stuff. So on the seats, there was no King Power. Uh, around the banner around the top says Leicester City Stadium, uh, because King Power are not an official sponsor of the Champions League and all that. Oh, go away, UEFA. That's you re- may the Champions League makes enough money to. Oh, that's ridiculous. And also, the the weird thing was um, all the little differences. So the build up was basically um, Champions League adverts for, you know, Gazprom and all that sort of thing and Heineken. Heineken. And, and like, um, I mean, all the ones that you see on TV and it's all very well on TV because you, you sit there and you go, OK, this is this is the Champions League. I recognise all the, the sponsors. But um, when you're in the ground, it's not the same build-up as normal. Uh, everything's just slightly different. And then eventually you'll hear one or two songs, which are, are ones that normally Leicester play before the game, you know, a bit of Kasabian and that. So... Fantastic and uh, and just just different all round. Um, there was going to be a, a TIFO in front of the cot. There was all these wires hanging down, so it was interesting to see what happens there. And basically, the whole night was fantastic. It, a, 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 quite a warm night as well. It was cold during the day, and then it, it got warmer as the night went on. So um, everyone sat there in the Leicester shirts and watched Leicester beat Porto and beat them in a way that I think we expected Porto to keep the ball. But at half-time... Leicester had more possession. It, we weren't overawed, we weren't overrun, maybe in the last 15 minutes we were. But, it got a uh, bit hairy towards the end, didn't it? It did a bit, but um, it's not like Schmeichel had to make any world-class saves. But overall, just a, a great evening. I wish I could have been there, but I was working in London promoting girls and women's football and I managed, by some small miracle, to get back in time... About five minutes before kickoff, I got home. Oh, right. So I managed to get it all on the telly. I was listening to Radio Leicester build up as I was driving home. I got from London to Leicester in two hours and two minutes, having left London at 5.30pm. So you're pretty good then to see the start. I, I, I did all right. It's like the fates made the traffic part on the M11. Oh, brilliant. I, I mean, the first thing is it's the, the Champions League music. It's something that we all wanted to hear and, and witness um, Leicester walking out at the at the King Power, so just say King Power. Um, the King Power 
to the Champions League music and obviously the uh, the giant football with the stars instead of the hexagons over the centre circle that gets waved um, and it's and that's the one thing with the Champions League as much as modern football has its many difficulties but the Champions League is a good tournament and they've kept that tradition you know they've kept that music they've kept the logo so you know what it is and and that's what Sadly, the Europa Cup or Europa League is missing. Yeah, it's what it doesn't. Ha- it doesn't have an identity, does it? No, they just got rid of the UEFA Cup, and it doesn't have the same identity like the Champions League does. And so it, it was. It was really good to see. Interesting that they brought in Hernandez um, for Simpson. Is it because he played for Sporting Gijon and he's used to playing against you know continental teams all the time? Um, and I think he played well. He, he read the game well. His long throw-ins were were important. Leicester played well as a team. Again, their home record, superb. Is it a year now we've gone at home in the league without losing a game? A calendar year without losing a game in the Premier League. And that's going to be important all season. But they thought they were fantastic. Thought the defence was very solid after, of course, the weekend shenanigans. Uh, Armati in midfield was great. It was quite early on, but really grew into the game, especially the last 15 minutes. I thought he really... Uh, stood out a mile. He's got some energy, isn't he, Amati? He, he, was, he was a contender for man of the match for me from what I, I saw on TV. Obviously, you might have seen something different live in in the Leicester City Stadium. But he covered a serious amount of ground, high intensity as well. It was, it was long sprints all the way up the field, long sprints all the way back down the field again. Uh, he's been a good find in central midfield, really, considering oh, yeah. he was third choice there, wasn't he? We started with King, then we went with Mendy, and then it was like, right, Mendy's injured, King didn't quite get the level of dynamism that we wanted, so Amati came in and he's looked good since. It's, it's going to be interesting when Mendy's back, whether Mendy just takes over that role, or whether they decide then to have Mendy on the bench and say you can come on and, and maybe move Amati into a more box-to-box role, which he was used to at Copenhagen, but... Um, no, he played really well. As the game wore on, he became more important. Uh, and, of course, the Dragon Slayer scoring um, in the Champions League for Leicester against Porto. That's basically what we've bought him for. Yeah. We've bought him for these impacts. And straight away, three games, three goals. Um, oh, no, actually, he played against Copenhagen. So, four games, three goals. But, um, yeah, and and again, one chance, really. Good header, Fantastic ball in from Mares again. Mares, it wasn't. It's not like it wasn't his game, but he had one real opportunity to make that difference, and he did. And he Second did half, it, yeah. he looked like he, uh, he he might have got involved on the edge of the box a few times and put the ball across. He did that, and and again, I mean, we'll say Jeremy Vardy had a, a a fantastic game, but he didn't have any chance. So um, a great performance all round. You know, a bit of magic from Mares. Great ball in, great header, and never looked really in doubt after that, and. You know, the Porto fans had a good time, good day over at Jubilee Square at the Fans um, fans Park and they made a lot of noise. So, yeah, I, I missed out on getting a scarf. I wanted to get a scarf. I'm going to have to get one for my... What kind of scarf did you want? A half and a half? No, I didn't want a half... Like, I was going to say, because you've took the mick out of me yeah. before for I, having a half and a half. I got yeah. one Le- at Leicester Barca in Stockholm. Yeah, I don't know about... Well, I can understand that. I can understand the Barcelona half and half with Leicester in a friendly... But when it's a Champions League game, I don't know. I, I might want... Um, it depends how far we go, but I'm thinking I want to get every programme. I want to get... Obviously, very fortunate to you know to be working and commentating on the game. So I'm going to have the team sheets and maybe a scarf from every club as well for the home games. Um, and You're I, such a hoarder. Well, yeah, no, I want to have them in a bit of a display because end of the day, look how we started in the league. Are we going to finish in the top four? This is This is... 
these are the times, these are heady days that we're living in. This is it. <laughs> You're going to make the most of every gonna, single yeah, second. Why not? Um, why not indeed? Um, I mean, we're in for Fox 8 HQ and we're currently looking at the team on the uh, the free post that they go out in the programme. By the way, the programme is brilliant. So if you, if you um, haven't got a programme from the game, I think they're going to make a special one for every Champions League game. I think it was about four quid. Uh, but it's bigger and it's it's a lovely it's a it looks magazine. good. Yeah. I've not read it yet, but it looks good. No, it it, it really is. Uh, it's very interesting, it, and it's it's really worth its money. And you get a, and you get a poster. So we've just got the poster out in front of us of the lineup against um, Bruges. Uh, with and you were making the note of the Champions League logo on the sleeves and how oh, weird. it looks good. Doesn't it, it? it looks good. I think I made especially, an error really by not having it on my on my shirt, especially on the white kit. It looks really good on the white kit. Yeah. Um. So all round a fantastic evening's entertainment, and again. Now we've played our first home game against the big team, against Porto. Um, the next games we can then maybe concentrate on the football almost. You know, all the shenanigans around the Champions League, you know, the music and the banners and um, all the attention that we had because it was the main game of the night for for uh, English teams in Europe. Um, that can all be maybe put to one side. And now we're two out of two. And I think we said before the Champions League started that... Um, Let's just enjoy it. And then if we get to a position in the league, I think I said this, let's enjoy it. But when we get to a position in the league where, hang on, we can actually win this or qualify a second, then that's when we can more concentrate on the actual results. And I think we've probably reached that stage after two games. I think so, yeah. I think you know you need 40 points in the Premier League to survive-ish. I think they reckon 10 points is pretty much guaranteed to get you through to the knockout round of the Champions League. That's a win and a draw from from our next four Champions League games. So the next game in the Champions League is Copenhagen. Copenhagen at, uh, home. at home, yeah, and, and that's in what a couple of weeks. Mm. So, well, is it a couple of weeks? I've got the fixtures. Here. Oh, we've got the fixtures. Here, here we, we go. go. It is eighteenth of October. The eighteenth of October. So, yeah, uh, three weeks time. So I think there's a um, there's an international break, which yeah. <laughs> we might discuss in a bit. But um, mm, yeah, so maybe. we've got Southampton and Chelsea next, and then we've got Copenhagen at home. So. Um, yeah, why not? Copenhagen at home, who played well, won 4 0. Uh, again, Bruges aren't very good, though, are they? They're not very good. Let's Bruges be are. honest. And one interesting note is uh, the stadium was not full in Copenhagen, and Leicester then released another 1,500 tickets, um, which at the time of recording, they've probably gone because they went to season ticket holders and then on general sale to season ticket holders uh, on Thursday. And uh, so they would have gone. Hopefully, you've got tickets if you're going to go. Um, and yeah, roll on Copenhagen in October, Tuesday the 18th. Brilliant. And let's get a win against them. Um, yeah, notice that it wasn't full their ground. So uh, that's probably why they uh, has released more tickets. So that's something to look forward to. But let's go back and have a look at uh, some games that we've uh, played in the Premier League. So seeing as we've been away for a little while, let's look back at the games that we haven't managed to cover on for Fox 8 Podcast. They come quite thick and fast at this stage of the season, especially when you're in the <coughs> Champions League. Yep. Do you know we're in the Champions League? <laughs> uh, so after the 3-0 win against Bruges, which we kind of covered from Rio via Stephen Jameson, who very valiantly stepped in for us with a real dose of man flu bless him yeah my my recording was just a complete shambles i listened back to it it was just a complete rambling it was nonsense it was nonsense but anyway, uh, but there we go it it wasn't a nonsense performance against burnley though 3-0 at home 
They're not, they're not they're not great, Burnley. They've not changed an awful lot since the two years ago that they were last in the Premier League. But three 0 was was solid, solid, and, and two goals for uh, Slimani on his home debut uh, showed everyone what he's about. And again, I think it was obviously our home form is 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 awesome at the moment, absolutely excellent. So should we beat Burnley at home? Yes. Um, would three 0 be about accurate? Yes. But does that always happen in the Premier League? Not no. at all. So they still need to go out and do it. A great win um, against a Burnley team who, as we all remember, and I think I mentioned, we all know what happened last time we played them at home in the Premier League. And uh, that 2 2 draw. Oh, that late equaliser. That late equaliser, which basically knocked the stuffing out of Leicester, which took them about five months to get over. Um, but none this time around. It was good for Slomani to hit the ground running. That's what we bought him for, just for the goals instantly. Not, you know, oh, we'll give him half a season or a season to adapt and get better because he's a young player. Not at all. He's 27 at the, at the peak of his game. Bang. Goals, goals, goals. Yeah, and uh, a good win. And you could see the instant link-up between him and uh, and Mares. And um, and I think Mares really would be the main standout because he turned on the show and was Bought from what I heard, borderline unplayable, uh, unplayable, um, especially in the second half. He can do that sometimes, can't he, Maris? Oh yeah, definitely. When yeah. he wants to. I mean, on on Twitter, for example, Rob Jones said uh, a brilliant Premiership debut for Slimani. Uh, Mares looks back to his old self again, which is exactly what we want because his old self is best player in the Premier League. Yeah. So you can't get much better Officially. than that. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, a week later, we'll we'll talk about the EFL Cup in a minute. A week later. Didn't quite go so well at Old Trafford. Last year at Old Trafford, well, last season at Old Trafford was when we could potentially have won the league. I managed to get your myself your VIP there, yeah. Yeah, I managed to get myself in one of the corporate seats and that was uh, that was a draw that day, but... Prawn sandwich. No, I didn't actually. I had steak. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, we had a bit of a mad 20 minutes against United, didn't we? It wasn't overall a particularly bad performance and did you say on Twitter or Facebook that because they won the first half and we won the second half it's technically a draw yeah that's what I uh, that's what if, I've come to decide by, by Pete Selby's method of uh, the Premier League table it was a draw but uh, not not just by mine uh, Ant Dickens on uh, on Twitter he got in contact with uh, at FFS pod with the, the podcast and he says that he uh, told that to a Man U fan as well so I'm not the but only you're not one. alone no. alright but it was it pretty was, farcical. It was. It was. The, the set piece defending was abysmal. Uh, their short corner for Rashford's goal was was quality, good, quick thinking. But Leicester were just like, who? Huh. There's, there's, there's a couple of things with this. The first is uh, I watched it at home, and um, I basically listened to Soccer Saturday or watched Soccer Saturday beforehand, and um, and Paul Merson, who I've got quite a bit of time for, Paul Merson, he makes me laugh, and uh, and he's there for sound bites. He's he's got to have an opinion on every game, and some people go, "Oh, you got that wrong." Well, yeah, of course, you know there wouldn't be bookmakers out there if uh, everyone knew what was going to happen all the time. But um, what he he said, and I completely agreed with him, was he goes, "If Leicester keep it to nil nil after twenty to twenty five minutes, then the crowd will be getting on the back of Manchester United uh, players. Obviously, with all what's happened before them being on a three game losing streak in the league or whatever it was, and um, and Leicester will arguably be the favourites to go on and win. So after twenty minutes and it's nil nil, and Leicester playing well and and really are on top and looking dangerous." Um, I'm thinking, here we go. Right, can we? What can we do for the next twenty minutes? And what we did was 
absolutely fall apart <laughs> and um, ship three goals in about five minutes or oh, whatever the yeah. time was. It were it were a shambles really. The one thing I'll say is the first goal is a great corner and a header. It's it that's just the way it is. I know that we've now learnt that the players are having trouble with not being able to hold players and all what this a load of rubbish. It's, yeah, I mean Simpson Mark came out your and man, said it. But, jump up and head the ball away before he yeah. heads it in the goal. It was a good corner and it was a good header. Um, I have a real thing about people standing on the posts. I I don't know what it is. When I when I played football, and I know it's a bit of an old school way of thinking, but what do you do? You've got a corner, or the opposition have a corner. Right, man on the front post, man on the back post. Rest of you pick up. Rest of you pick up. If you've got one left, leave him up towards the halfway line. And, 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 and so that's what I've always thought. That's exactly how I do it as well. So when someone scores a header and it goes in the far post and there's no one stood there... I hate it because it, it can be easily cleared off. So I'm saying that that first goal, it could have been cleared off the line. Um, the second is unfortunate because I think it was Morgan and Simpson kind of went for the same player. But it was a well-worked goal. Matter who was brilliant on the day. And now we're up against it. The third goal, it's yes, it is a complete failure of attention and lack of thought. And they look shell-shocked. And Manu took advantage of it and were very uh, clever and smart and were alert, and we weren't. It's one so, of the best short corners I've ever seen. Yes, it was very poor by us, but you have to do. You have to give credit to Manchester uh, for that. And the fourth goal was Pogba, who by now we were really shell shocked. He's on form, bang header goal, and it was a crazy twenty minutes. And we all thought, well, I thought this could be anything. Now this really could be anything. And what it turned into was. Leicester coming out in the second half, changes were made. I know there was a, there was a bit of criticism from many for dragging Mares and Vardy. What do you think no. about that? 4-0 down at half-time. The, the chances of getting back into that game are great. Uh, the, the odds are longer than 5,000 to 1. Yeah. Let's be honest. But what, what, what would you have thought if you maybe were in the away end and they took off well, the two you've, best you've players? You've paid for your ticket to go out to Old Trafford and they're taking off your two... Best players, I'd say good. Look forward to Porto on Tuesday. They, they were they were not going to serve any real purpose being on that pitch anymore. They were more likely to pick up an injury or get forty five minutes more fatigue in their legs than they were score four goals between them. I absolutely completely agree. Um, and so they dragged the two players and uh, Maris and Vardy. And what happened? They were okay. We've been in this position before, not many times at City, but when you're leading by quite a few goals early on, it can turn into that kind of stalemate game. It goes a bit dead. It does, it? yeah. Unless it took advantage, and Diamari Gray came on, scored an absolute worldie. I mean, what a goal! He wasn't even running towards the goal, looking at the goal. No, what a goal! And uh, and we could have maybe got a second if we got a second. Who knows? Um, so a, a good second half performance, which put us on the right foot going forward. Um, you can't forget those those mistakes. But then again, we've just played against Porto and the same players, obviously Hernandez coming in, will look, look fantastic. So it's just one of the things. I you know, it, yes, we lost at Man United. Yes, it was a mad twenty minutes. Is it? Does it mean that all the players are rubbish? No. Does it mean we have to make wholesale changes? No. Does it mean that everybody needs to start panicking? No. Not at all. There's a little bit of a pattern developing here though, Pete. If you look at the um look at the fixtures here. Tough away game before a Champions League game. Lose four one. Win the Champions League game. That's Liverpool. Lose four one to United. Win a Champions League game. 
followed by a half decent home game, all yeah. of them, right? So next, next one we're talking. Yep. Fifteenth of October, away at Chelsea, tough away game, before a Champions League fixture. Lose that four one. We beat Copenhagen. So you're going to say if we would you accept that we lose away at the big teams? Well, the the you know the Chelsea's the established Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, United. Yeah. yeah. So we lose there, mm-hmm. and then we win in the Champions League, and then we win at home against a lower league Premiership team. Would you accept that for the foreseeable future? I'd accept that for the six group games of the Champions League. Yeah, <laughs> I would actually as well because again, I mean, what what did I say? Eighth, eighth, sixth to eighth finish. That yeah. losing against Man United and uh, and Liverpool, to be honest, looked really good. Yeah. Um, and also, they both had and and end of the day, Man United they took out Rooney, which really that was it, weren't it? As soon as they didn't play Rooney, there was more pace about them, weren't there? Exactly, and pace is going to hurt our defence. Mm. What have Liverpool got? A lot of pace. What have Man United got when they bring in Lingard and Rashford? A lot of pace, and um, and they took and and, and Martial. Um, and they took advantage of it. So I have teams woken up to Leicester having a fairly slow defence. Yes, of course. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Of course it so is. We're not, we're not a surprise package anymore. We're the Premier League champions. Everybody in the bloody world knows how, how we play. Exactly. And I think it's, it's quite funny because um, the overreaction by some to the Man U defeat were probably not supporters until the last couple of years or year or so. So yeah. I'm not worried about it at all. I was worried at half-time because... You don't want it to be six or seven. No, um, you really don't. But the way that they came back showed a bit of bot- a bit of bottle. Easy for you to say. Well, it should have been. And um, <laughs> but here's one question. Go on. Do you think that Leicester playing four four two away at Old Trafford and away at Anfield contributed to them losing? In a way. But how do you combat it? If you go there and play four five one, you're like, come on, come at us, come at us, come at us. What what else are you going to play? I again, I agree with you in a way. Um, you I you don't it. like agreeing with me? No, do you? no, no. I mean, I, it was a bit of a leading question because I had my own answer, and um, obviously we, we can disagree, which we do. But um, I think it might have at Anfield because we got overran in midfield, and Armati looked a bit out of depth and needed someone extra alongside him, but. At Old Trafford, for the first 20 minutes, we looked dangerous and we played 4 4 2. And the fact that we didn't have five, uh, three in midfield in the centre had no difference at all. Huh. That the goal, where did the goals come from? It didn't mean anything. And I like the fact that we play 4 4 2 and actually go and try and win games away from home. Yes, we're going to soak up a bit of pressure, but when we go forward, we've got them players who can pile forward. And um, I'm just thinking, looking at the fixture list, the next big away game is Chelsea away. Do you think that Leicester and Ranieri will change or even change the formation and maybe only play one up top and put another in midfield? It could be King, it could be Mendy, because he should be back by then. No. Let's stick with 4 4 2. I agree. Because you, then you've got to train a, a different system. Yeah, OK, it's only slightly different, but the way that people press, the way the central midfielders operate is is different for that the way that the striker operates is different the way that the wide men operate is different in a 4-5-1 you've got to spend a lot of time doing that and it's time that you haven't really got when you're playing Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday it's a system that works last season it won't be as effective and as much of a shock tactic this year the way that we play because people 
are, are, are aware of it and have ways to kind of try and combat it. But it's so effective that it will still work. Yeah, I, I agree as well. And especially with Slomani up front alongside Vardy. He offers so much power, doesn't he? He offers power and he's he's not as slow and as um, as lethargic as maybe a big man up front can be. And like Azoa. No, not like Azoa at all. Um, I think Azoa's slow, let's be honest. Slimani is a lot more mobile than oh, yeah, Azoa. Yeah, yeah, he is. I suppose he is. But uh, no, I, I still think... I mean, it's just... it's just Obviously, that question will arrive when we do play Chelsea. Um, my, my final question, really, about the team is, do you play the same team against Southampton as started against Porto? It's a tough one because, yes, they've won Leicester's first ever home Champions League game. Mm-hmm. They deserve to keep their shirt. But the majority of them have played twice a week since the start of the season. We've not had the wholesale changes that we saw la- at the start of last season in the early rounds of the of the League Cup. Um, I mean, it's, it's two positions, really, isn't it? The two positions are right-back and left-wing. Do you think that, A, Hernandez has done enough to warrant staying in the team ahead of Simpson and... On the other side, do you think that Diamari Gray's, not just his goal, but that really does help, his goal and his overall eagerness and he looks like he's really chomping at the bit and Ranieri given, putting him on against uh, Porto at the end was almost a... When he came on, it was strange because it wasn't like he was um, bringing him on for any reason to do with the game. No, because it, it was, what, 87 minutes Yeah, it wasn't like it was... I'll bring you on because I need you to do this particular job. It, it was, was just like yeah, a get yourself a Champions get yourself, League. Appearance. Yeah, have a, have another go in the Champions League. You mm. know, I'm I'm trying to quell this what is now a volcano just about to erupt with the Amari Gray, and we don't want it to go one way. We don't want him to start sulking and going, "I want to be playing, I want to be playing." But he really is chomping at the bit. Do you say to him against Southampton, "I'll put you in. Don't forget your defensive duties, but I'll start you." I think. It's a, a a better risk to take against Southampton than it is away at Chelsea. Yeah. Because all Brighton is extremely diligent. He works up and down that touchline for the entire game. I saw it, he he made some tackles in the last couple of minutes when Porto were really really attacking. He was back sort of left back alongside Fuchs helping out. And also With- Mares did as well. I just have to say look, Mares's defensive work against Porto there was a couple of times in the last 5 minutes he intercepted the ball inside our own area. Mm. So that was really good to see. Sorry, yeah. Karen. Demari Gray. Yeah, it was really, really interesting that Maris did. Go. Shush. <laughs> I'm speaking. I don't get much of a chance on this sometimes when you're having a little rant, you. Uh, Demari Gray. Do, he He's not as diligent as Mark Albrighton. He's more explosive and unpredictable at the other end, but then Albrighton does give you quality deliveries. I think rest Albrighton. Say to him, you've worked your socks off. I'm not dropping you. I'm resting you. You've played week in, week out for us. Good lad. Say to Demari Gray... Start in the Premier League, start at home, have no fear, put the Frighteners on their full-back and go and do what you can do. Mm. He's, he got, you got 45 minutes at Old Trafford, did well, showed exactly what he's capable of with that goal. Yeah, I would, I'd start him against Southampton, but I'd make sure that Albrighton was aware that it was just being rested. Right-back's a, a more difficult one because Simpson was one of the many unsung heroes of the Premier League title-winning campaign. Last season, he started well this year, very well. Yeah, uh, and it's a back four that have played together for an entire season. Yes, Hernandez played well. 
the other night was he brought in a little bit to to put pressure on Porto from set pieces with his long throws. Potentially, he's even more defensive-minded than Danny Simpson because he's really a centre-half, and Hernandez. I would bring Simpson back in at right-back and put Damari Gray on the left wing. Uh, I agree. I mean, Oliver sent a tweet in uh, before the, the game against Porto reacting to the team news that I asked for people to do, and he said about um, it's all about the long throws. Claudio knows what he's doing, keep the faith. Hence the reason why Hernandez was in the team. Um, I think also for his know-how about, especially a team like Porto, um, very similar to the teams that he's played against in all his career. Um, I completely agree with Diomari Gray. I would say to him, look, you're starting against Southampton. Go at them. You're at home. Show, them what, show us what you can do. Um, and then almost say to them, all Brighton, you'll be starting against Chelsea, all being good, unless obviously Gray goes and scores a hat-trick or something. You'll start against Chelsea because I want a more disciplined defensive player on that side. Um, and then Copenhagen will be whoever plays better out of the two. You know, there's two players there. Um, we're playing week in, week out, twice a week. It's um, it, it's a great problem to have. Uh, but I really would. I would I would basically, I'd let him go. I'd just turn around and say, right, you're off. You know, he's chomping at the bit. It's a bit like a racehorse in a, a weird way. A, a racehorse wants to run and sometimes the jockey just holds it up, holds it up, holds it up and then lets it go. Sometimes the best way to go is actually the jockey say, go on in. You run then. If you want to go, go. go. And yeah. um, that's what hopefully he's going to do with Diamari Gray because at the moment he really looks, he's got the bit between his teeth. Uh, and at the fullback, what I would do is just what I, I think Claudio is going to do. A, assess the two players and B, go with who he thinks fit against the team uh, that they're playing against. Southampton got some quick forwards. I know they've got uh, Charlie Austin, but behind them, uh, possibly long. Um, Tadic. Tadic is a very skillful player. Uh, so who's going to react best to that and, and go with that so yeah looking forward to the Southampton game and hopefully another three points so the final part um, we're basically going to do the correspondence and also well, we've got to talk about Chelsea uh, obviously we made a lot of changes for the uh, EFL Cup game and uh, I think it was a while ago now so we all know what happened Vasilevsky getting sent off meant that should um, he ever play for Leicester again? Um, there's one correct answer to this. It depends who, and we... it's not yes or maybe. Really? How how can he play for less? How old? He's thirty. What? Thirty six? Thirty seven? Mm. He can't run. He's overly aggressive. He puts the team in compromising situations. He was caught out tactically and physically throughout the game, and then he got himself sent off. I would love. To elbow or forearm Diego Costa in the throat. I would absolutely love to. Well, he's done it for you. not when I'm on a yellow card and not when I'm playing against Chelsea. Well, my initial answer before... Um, before I tried to... Before that was um, it depends who we play in the in the uh, FA Cup. Oh, FA, FA Cup third round against a conference team. Yeah, all right. That's, that's the only way. You know, he's not going to play unless he, we really need him. He seems like injury. a good... Look, he seems like a good character... He's an experienced pro. He's played Champions League all sorts throughout his career. Great to keep in the dressing room. That's, not so great to give a shirt to. That's why I think they kept him for an extra year was just because he's a really good trainer and good to have around and all that. Um, my answer is definitely I wouldn't unless it will be the third round of the FA Cup against you know a Colchester or someone. Um, 
Yeah, it, I mean, it, was, it was just silly. And it was a shame because obviously 2-0 up against a team who on paper would be better than us because of obviously the changes we made. Yep. Okazaki, two goals, not hitting the back of the net. How weird is He's, that? He doesn't do a good finish, does he? <laughs> well, they were he both good finishes. He always bundles the ball in, though. Oh, right, yeah, the, the header, no, the header yeah. was good. Yeah. The, the volley, he yeah. has not meant that in a month of Sundays, but has he? It was interesting because you turn it up and uh, there you go. And I knew Chelsea were going to get back into the game. Hopefully it weren't going to be straight away. And it was just before half-time and just after half-time. Not the greatest. And then um, I think we did well to hang on, really, until... Obviously, then Vasilevsky is sending off, and extra time was just going to be let's try and hold on till penalties. And they, you know, tore us apart really. And uh, never mind. And I think we said when they drew Chelsea in in that uh, EFL Cup, we might as well play them and have a good game. And uh, and did it affect us against Manchester United? I don't think it did really. No. Um, and you know, it's disappointing. But end of the day, it's another game. You know, we could have gone out to a lower league team or we could have struggled against that Quinton like West Ham did and it's uh, it's a shame we've been out of the competition but never mind it was a but we've en- won that one already it, exactly it was an entertaining game it was it was an entertaining game even though we lost um, we've won that cup already we don't need the, the stress no. of any more midweek games I'm not particularly dis- disappointed to be honest no never mind we've got bigger fish to fry um, so on to correspondence um a couple of messages on Twitter that we mentioned before. Lucky Buller said against Bruges, it was a beautiful game, historic, very proud. Um, we've had an email. Well, we like an email. We've had an email. Fox8podcast at gmail.com. For Fox8podcast at gmail.com, that's right. Uh, and you can email about anything at all. Absolutely anything to do with Leicester, about the podcast or questions, anything at all. Um, and yeah, the email was uh, basically, remember when we were talking about uh, the hernia operation that Schmeichel had? And the, the Lloyd release procedure? Yeah, that you said, and I, mm. I questioned it. Well, actually, you were right. Get in. Uh, I told you. I told you I was Richard right. Br- Richard Bransby, thank you very much. Uh, you, Thanks, Richard. You sent an email saying that uh, you were spot on about uh, the, sur- well, the David uh, Lloyd hernia surgeon, mainly works out of uh, Spy Hospital in Leicester, and he was given a recovery time. Of between six and eight weeks, remember, obviously, it was only less than a week, really, that Schmeichel was given, that he'll be back playing. Um, and apparently he went uh, private with Lloyd and uh, went in on Friday, back to work on Monday. Um, so there you go. It's so, a miracle. Thank you very much, Richard, for the email. And Richard, prove- you're essentially Casper Schmeichel. Kind of, in a weird way. But not really. No, because you could say that's, a, that's actually no. No, you have just got a little bit of credit then from me and you've just lost it all. Sorry. Yeah. I'll edit that bit out. Yeah. Uh, remember, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, other news. Um, yes. Let, let's go into manager news. We'll start with um, Nigel Pearson. What are you doing? What's going on? I mean, for a start, it's all gone horribly wrong at Derby. It's They've not really had the turnaround that, uh, I mean, they wouldn't really care. But um, obviously, big Nigel being there. He's, he's been suspended. He's there as a Leicester spy, isn't he? Yeah, he's been suspended and they couldn't score a goal. He's obviously fell out with the owner about, or it could be anything. Um, it's a shame in a way for him, but it's doesn't mince his words, funny. does he, Big Nudge? No, it's quite funny, isn't it? It's uh, that's. I mean, it, it was rumored he was going to be leaving once with us. So whether mm. he had a falling out and then they, well, he came, was sacked by one of the. One of the uh, owners, wasn't he? And yeah, he's obviously fell out a few times. One. Easy to fall out with. Um, obviously, still a huge... I hate to use the word legend, but uh, he's 
a very well respected and well liked man in Leicester, and he always will, course, be. always will be. But so that's a shame, but also quite funny. Yeah, um, it'd be interesting to see if he actually does get sacked, and yeah. if it oh, ever comes out gone. what what behavioural he's gone question marks they've got over him. He's gone, but also if he does go, that will put a severe question mark over his future career because yeah, because he's fallen out with two sets of owns. Then yeah, I mean he's still got a lot of credit in the bank for what he's done at Leicester, so mm. people are going to employ him, but he, you know. If he carries on the way he is, he might, you know, render himself not unemployable, but he won't be in the big Sam category. Oh, here we go. So, <laughs> so the, the once England manager, the the England manager with a one hundred percent record. He is a England manager with a hundred percent record, or was an England manager with a hundred percent record. Um, here's a question for you. Oh, come on. Um, who survived the longest? Was it? Sam Allardyce in the England job or the Chilean miners underground? <laughs> Got to be the Chilean miners. By two days. Oh, get in. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. There you go. That is, yeah, the the Allardyce situation, it's, he can't have any complaints. It's pretty farcical for a man in a position as high as his to end up in that kind of situation where he ends up talking about that and doesn't, ring about a thousand alarm bells in his head but it's sad for English football because I think the the way that he approached the England job the enthusiasm that he had the genuine love for the job that he was doing was infectious and would have got through to the players and the players for the first time in god knows how long would have eventually once he'd got his own stamp across would have eventually loved playing for England again, which is something that hasn't happened for so, so long. You've seen these players that are suppressed by managers, by systems, by pressure. Systems. Allardyce, systems. Yeah, systems. Allardyce loved the job. He, he wanted to do it. He'd wanted to do it for decades. He made no no secret of that at all. That would have come through to the, to the players, I think. And I'm, I'm not saying for a second that Allardyce would have led us to major championships but uh, in terms of winning them. But I think it would have been the best to watch an England side in many years, which is what, so what, I'm sad from a footballing perspective, but he can't have any complaints. Uh, I, I don't know really, to be honest, because I mean, end of the day, what, was it, um, was it naive? Yes. Was it greedy? Yes. Was he basically stupid? Yes. Yes. Was it scandalous? Not really. No, did he do anything immediately? Not really, but should he have gone? Yeah, of course. He's he's basically showed himself up to be who he is. You know, we always see this one side. There's all that um, BBC stuff from a while ago with him as well. We see one side of him in the press conference side of the pitch and that. But I think we saw the real Big Sam there, you know. Um, And yeah, so get rid. And I know what you're saying about him, but I don't know now with England. The system thing gets me because again, I go off on one again about it, about the Rooney situation. Look at Man United. And he's gone straight away. Yeah, you know, Wayne, have the captaincy. What's he doing? I'm a big Rooney fan, but you can't give him the captaincy. He, you know, he's not the first player on the team sheet, and that's the captain. Um, we're obsessed by the England captain in this country, so mm. it has to be given to someone who's yeah. going to be playing yeah, but every who ta- game. Who takes it? Well, again, it has to be someone who. That, that's what I'm trying to say. It doesn't have to be the most influential. We don't have a Brian Robson. We don't have a Tony Adams. Um, or a Beckham, say. We don't have that sort of player. So, pick someone who is going to be in the team all the time. That's like? got to, uh, for me, it would be John Stones. 
John Stones, England captain. Why not? Are you mad? Uh, well, I'm pretty sure Pep Guardiola wouldn't hesitate in giving him the armband at, at Man City. He he's, would not give him the armband. Not yet. Who would be Who would be your England captain? Well, I haven't got an England captain, but I'm also not... Who, who would be your first... Who would be the main person on the team sheet most games for England? You could argue Kyle Walker. I'm not arguing him for England <laughs> captain. I'm saying that he's one of the first names on the team sheet because he's right back and it's number two and we haven't got any others. I, I think if you if you ask me now who would be virtually guaranteed all the time to play for England for me would be John Stones. Yeah, but he's not a captain. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be. We haven't got that big leader person. Well, we need one. No, bring, that's bring what I'm back saying. John Terry. We don't need one. That's what I'm saying. We're obsessed by the England captaincy in England. Uh, what we need to do is give it to someone who's going to be playing all the time. That's the first thing. Give it to someone who's playing all the time. The problem with giving it to Rooney is that, yeah, but he's been captain for so long. He's a really influential figure. It doesn't matter. He's not good enough to get in the team. So it's a problem. That's what I'm saying. Give Adam it to Lallana a, for England give, captain. Give it to a player. Marcus Rashford for England captain. Give it to a player who's always going to play because that's what we need. Joe Hart for England captain. Hey, I'm not, if Joe Hart was playing really, really well and he had a good tournament in the summer and he was guaranteed to be playing for England, why not? It needs to be oh, someone... Yeah, I'd, oh, I'd make him captain if he was in form, but at yeah. the minute he just needs to work out how to keep a goal again. Yeah, it needs to be someone who is going to be playing all the time. And that's not Rooney. How did we get onto England captaincy anyway? Well, well, it was one about... We just brushed aside Allardyce Okay, we'll, it wasn't we'll, a thing. We'll, we'll, we'll finish pretty quick. Who would you have as England manager? Next. Eddie Howe. I would say Eddie Howe. Do you think they'll go for him? No. No, I don't think they'll go Do for I him. Do I think he'll go for it? No. No. Um, if it was me, I'd ask him, and if he said no, generally what I would do is he's got one year left on his contract. One year left. And he's been there a long time. He's just passed the milestone. I would generally say, look, Southgate, you carry on for about four or five games. Wenger. Yeah. End I've, of the I've season. His, yeah, I've heard his end name. Of, end of the season. If you want the job, do it. Because he won't play bloody Rooney, I tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, Yeah, why not? That's what I would do. I generally would do. Someone with the Everyone, you know, I know he's obviously had a few issues, but... Everyone's oh, he's been respect. at the very top of the game for so long. Then. That's what I would do. I would, uh, I would say that, and it, I will wait till the end of the season because end of the day we should qualify. We're playing Malta. Everyone's going, yeah, but we've got an England game coming up. Malta. Me and you at could home. go and coach England. We could Malta. pick a team against them. Would it have Rooney in it? It wouldn't. <laughs> I tell you, it would have in it. Drink water and Vardy. It bloody would do and all. <laughs>